This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album six, track two. Welcome back. For album six, we're doing a mashup of all our guests' answers to if you could snap your fingers and change one thing about healthcare, what would it be? On the last track, we listened to answers from guests in the behavioral sector, the senior living sector, and then comprehensive care and chronic conditions. Now let's jump to women's health, an area that we plan to cover more in depth in the future. First, here's Dr. Lindsay Harper, founder and CEO of Rosie, a women's sexual health company. My perspective uh, through being a practicing physician and and um, starting Rosie really lies in, you know, I, patients have so many opportunities to gather information, and they do so from sources that aren't necessarily reliable. And I really feel like it's the healthcare system's obligation to understand how healthcare consumers want to learn things, want to interact with things, and to make products that then, in fact, do that, right? And I think that we sometimes stand in medicine, very staunch in our traditions and in the way we've always done things. And I think it's really important to continue to reimagine if I'm a healthcare consumer, which we all are, whether we like it or not, like how do I want Mm -hmm. to approach this healthcare system? There's some, it's some growing pains getting there, but I do think that um, it's possible and it's something that we should all be working towards for sure. Now let's hear from Jennifer Newell, founder and CEO of Betty's Co. that has put a new spin on women's health affordability. It's a really big problem and it's hard in the place that we live in in women's healthcare for this particular age range um, to convince our Bettys that they need to spend their very limited funds on healthcare related activities. And some have insurance, some do not. There are a host of women that we serve who make a little too much money to qualify for any type of assistance but they don't make enough money to be able to spend, you know, $150 on a visit. And so what I see in the market is I see the cost of care for them, even when in light of other healthcare costs, it's relatively low for preventive services. I still see them putting off that care because of the fear of the cost and getting them to commit to their healthcare in a way that is going to help them in the long term. And for women's healthcare, that can have devastating effects, you know, when those, those people are trying to go become pregnant and realize it might be really hard for them to become pregnant. And if we could snap our fingers and make healthcare immediately affordable to everybody in this country, I'm not going to make recommendations on exactly how we do that, but that's the one thing I would change. Now we'll hear from two of our guests who are leaders in the rare disease space, an area that's very important for learning how to treat rare conditions and setting models for treating those that are much more common. First, David Roth, Executive Committee Chair of Project Lyme. I'm also getting a master's in public health at uh, Columbia at the moment, so I've studied. The biggest issue is lack of understanding, lack of true knowledge on the part of the medical community. A certain degree of hubris, frankly, they take the position that Lyme disease is difficult to catch, easy to diagnose, and easy to treat with two to three weeks of antibiotics. And all three of those, um, under many circumstances, are false. And so doctors are not trained to diagnose and treat these diseases. Project Lyme is focused on that. We're teamed up with the other group that's focused on research called Bay Area Lyme. 
we raise money for them and critical that we get more money into research. And the only way we're going to do that is if we massively increase the awareness of these diseases. Next, let's hear from Dr. Chip Chambers, founder of the DADA2 Foundation, attacking the DADA2 disease and other rare diseases like it with the models they're building. I think some of the work being done in the rare disease space in terms of breaking down those silos and bringing everybody together, I think that's going to become very applicable for mainstream medicine moving forward. And I think it can help those other more common diseases, but that yet are chronic and suffer from this sort of fragmented healthcare system in the U.S. Value-based care is all the rage. So let's hear the answers from our two guests who talked to us over the last albums on that issue. First, Dr. Jack McCallum, CEO of Integer Health. It would be to find a way to take out the big variations in care, and it would be to find a way to get folks objective, reliable information about how care is being delivered. Next up, Dr. David Friend, a healthcare thought leader who is currently a principal at Markham. Well, you know, I would say I'd like to see less of an emphasis on what I'll call paperwork and more of an emphasis on patient care. You know, what we say paperwork, the, re- the, in- the regulation, the, the, I mean, the amount of administrative uh, challenge is, is, has grown uh, logarithmically in my 40 years here. And I think uh, it's taken away from the energy uh, that we have to take care of patients. So I'd say I'd like to go less, let focus less on paperwork and put that energy more into patient care. Now let's go to the answers from our guests from the healthcare tech and life sciences space who are creating the next wave of healthcare products that will make a difference. Aaron Inton, CEO and co-founder of Inside Optics, which is all about preventing preventable diseases. I think the one takeaway that I would offer is if, if you have a disease that you think needs specialty care, go see a specialist. It's a... Uh, It's so easy to migrate your medical care to a preventative mindset. And there's so much technology and so much accessibility today, especially in light of COVID and the explosion of telemedicine, that you can get all of the care you need every year and hopefully never progress to an extreme disease state. Now, Amy Forge, co-founder and COO of Ataya Medical. I think the biggest thing that I've found is I would like to see a shift in reimbursement strategy to be singular patient-focused. So we saw a huge shift in reimbursement strategy with the Affordable Care Act, but it, it still made it such that doctors were getting reimbursed more on quantity of patients than quality of care for each patient. And that's through no fault of the doctor. Like I I fully believe each doctor has the best intentions to provide the best care they can. But at the end of the day, you know, hospitals are businesses, they have quotas to meet, they have time slots to fill. And I think that's largely driven by our reimbursement structure. So I would like to see some reform in that area, de-emphasizing quantity of patients and emphasizing patient outcomes. Dr. Armin Sarabrakian, co-founder of Statum Systems, working to replace our 60-year-old pager communication system in the United States. You know, Bobby, I really just wish more of our healthcare leaders and policymakers would turn the focus back to primarily on patient care when we talk about policy change and innovation. 
we continue to spend more money and have poor outcomes in this country, and we, we are all aware of that. And I think we've lost some of that focus that should be on the patients and how they're doing and what we can do to improve their care. That's a simple answer to that question. Maria Schneider, co-founder of DinoFit, which makes machines that make physical therapy possible at home. It would be that somehow the patient is actually on their own care team as opposed to being kind of pushed around in a way mm. by healthcare providers, insurance companies, et cetera, that they, they actually understood what their own health situation was. They, they were able to understand the metrics they get from testing. They were able to make good choices based on some understanding of what's going on because I truly believe that given more control, they would take more responsibility. And I think we all need to do that for our own health. I would love to see that. And now to close out track two, we'll jump over to labs and testing. First up, Mac McKellar, CEO of Nona Scientific. The biggest thing that I can think of that I would like to see change, it's two-part. It has to do with the patient or the resident, and it also has to do with the staff. So a nurse or a doctor. What can make or break your experience is attitude and positivity Mm -hmm and kindness. And too many times I see residents that are unhappy because they didn't get their medication in time or that they don't like the attitude of the nurse or that they waited too long. And same thing with the doctor's offices. And then you see uh, a medical professional from a nurse to a doctor that got into medicine because they love it and they want to help the patients. And then year after year, they're dealing with unhappy patients and they're dealing with potentially change in reimbursement and pay. And I think that if everyone could calm down a little bit, be positive, that medicine as a whole would be so much better and so much more pleasant. And I think that that is something that I see that could be beneficial across the board so that you don't have residents or individuals unhappy about their service or the treatment they're getting that turns into a long day of them now treating other people like that. And the same thing with the nursing staff to be patient and to remember why they got into medicine is to help these individuals. So patience, I think, and kindness can go a long way. Now we'll talk to John Piganelli of the University of Pittsburgh and Carissa Jones of Mercodia, who did a joint interview and who are talking about COVID testing during the pandemic. So I would say that to sort of echo what Carissa had said is that we sort of knew at some point this was going to come. And I think that um, when it did, we should have been very aggressive from the get-go. And, and really, in your point, unfortunately, reactive and not proactive. And, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. If you're reactive, you're behind the game. And, and we really fell behind. And I don't think we took it as serious as it was. And as a scientist sitting there, you sort of say, you know, these are not I told you so moments. You never want one of these. You never want to have to say, I told you so. So I think that we should have been far more aggressive in getting out and getting the testing done so that you could start to trace folks. Because we have 300 million, 330 million people, you know, and, and we could have been a little bit better on top of this, I think. Yeah, I I echo that, John. And, you know, in addition, I'd just like to say that I think one of the biggest, I hate to call it a failure, but we definitely needed a consistent, unified message from the top. Uh, There are times where I think that state government 
should have the ability to make their own decisions. And there are times where the federal government should make decisions. And I feel like a faster response and a unified response would have helped us get past this pandemic in a much more cost-effective, safe way, save more lives, and get people back to work faster. Finally, for track two, we'll talk to Divya Venkat, co-founder and CEO of Eshia Labs. One of the things I'm quite passionate about is today our focus is purely on the treatment of different diseases, whereas we should be focusing on anticipatory care and preventative care as opposed to fixing a problem after it's happened. So the whole ethos at ESIA is what can we do to identify the cause of a disease and what can we do to monitor and measure your health so we catch the disease before you get it. And then when we are treating it, we're personalising the treatment to your genetic profile so it's effective for what you have. That's it for track two. Up next on track three, staffing, funding and investing. See you next week. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us.